This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Journey Within podcast. Today is episode three, and we have the owner of Salt River Outfitters, George Cummins, on the podcast. I'm actually down in Argentina as we speak, starting off my South American waterfall slam which we'll get into in a later podcast. But today, stepping in as host is Aaron Blasey. Aaron is actually down in Kentucky with George Turkey Hunting, and he took over the hosting duties this week. So I hope everyone enjoys this podcast. And without further ado, here's Aaron Blasey. All right, we're back for another episode of the Journey Within podcast. And today's guest, I've got a couple guys. I've got George Cummins from Salt River Outfitters, and I have Jack Borchiding. Did I say your name, last name right? Yeah, that's perfect. Man, perfect. you did great. I'm good. I did my research. Yeah. I usually say butchering. I just, it's just, I'm going to butcher it anyway, so it's Jack Butchering. It's exactly how it looks, George. <laughs> Bacharding? That's no. what it does look like, Bacharding. Bacharding, that's what I want to say. It's German. Yeah. Bocharding. I can't say it like okay. that. Well, today's podcast is going to be about Salt River Outfitters. We're down here in Kentucky turkey hunting. It's been a, it's been a tough go at it with the weather. And the birds, but uh, been a lot of birds dying though, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the last couple of days it slowed down a lot, but the weather's gotten crappy, and the birds are still hinned up real bad. So it's yeah. Yesterday and today was kind of tough. Yep. Today I want to get into Salt River as an outfitter. Talk about turkey hunting, kind of an outfitter uh, highlight basically and what to expect if you want to uh, book a hunt here for turkey hunting. So I, I guess the the first question for for George. You know, Salt River, how did it come about and when did it come about? Uh, this is my 14th year doing the outfitting. Um, you know, growing up, I've hunted my whole life. I always wanted to do something in the hunting industry for a living, but it's really hard to get, you know, started into it. Um, I had a buddy who actually was trying to be an outfitter at the time and he had a TV show come and hunt with him and I was helping him guide. I ended up being a cameraman for that TV show and I was about three years being a cameraman for them and then they come back and ask me to be pro staff for them because you know you see some of the deer we're killing we had some oh, great yeah. property here so 
one thing led to another. Uh, the, uh, the host actually for that show come in and hunted with me on some of my personal property. And, and he said, you know, you should really look at doing some outfitting and you take for granted what you have in your backyard. I, I think it doesn't matter what it is. I, I just think you do. And I thought it was absolutely silly that somebody would pay money to come kill the deer that we're killing. What year was this? Ah, uh, 14 years ago. I'm, I'm pretty exhausted right now from all the turkey hunting. <laughs> you had to do the math, but, uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's, it's 14 years ago was when I started and it would have been the year before that when he was actually telling me this. Okay. So like the mid two thousands, like 2000, I can't even remember Yeah, 14 years ago. But anyway, yeah. that's cool though. Like, so that it just started on the deer hunting side of things. It wasn't yeah. like a turkey hunting. No, thing? no, I didn't do turkey hunts for a few years. Um, the first year I did the outfitting period, I only took five hunters. You know, I just wanted to test the waters. Those five hunters all killed deer. That five hunters turned into fifteen hunters. Fifteen hunters <laughs> turned into thirty hunters. Thirty, and and it just, you know, here we are today. You know, running lots of hunters through, and it's a. Uh, I don't know. It was a ride that I didn't know where it was going, but I just took that leap of faith, and next thing you know, it's, you know, it's it's doing good, doing real good. Was it a pretty that first year? Was it pretty overwhelming with five hunters? Like, mm. what the heck did I get myself into? Yeah, honestly, it was. I mean, yeah. it it still at that point it was still just a dream. So it was one of those things where I was like, I don't, you know, kind of had my own doubts, um, but after all five of them killed tickled to death, you know, killed the biggest deer of their life. And, you know, they were like, hey, we want to come back next year and we're going to bring some friends. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, <laughs> let's go. And it just so, snowballs from there, Yeah, at it? that point, at that point, it became a matter of just finding land. Um, you know, it took, that's the hardest thing about outfitting is, is finding good farms and keeping good farms. Yeah. And I do feel like a lot of outfitters try to run way too many hunters on too little acreage, and we absolutely won't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, we get our farms, we take inventory, and, you know, we'll say, well, if we've got, I'm just throwing numbers out there, but let's say we got eight mature bucks, we want to kill four of them. Right. And then we're going to leave that farm alone because odds are neighbors are going to kill one or two, and, you know, we don't want to wipe out a whole age class of deer. So, yep. so we don't overhunt them, and, and, you know, we're only trying to kill Pope and Young caliber deer or bigger. Now, what is the biggest draw, I guess, for the whitetail side of things? Is it the September hunt? Absolutely. Absolutely. For Kentucky being able to kill that velvet yeah. deer, possibly? Yeah. I think we're one of the only states. I know there's a couple others that you can go and have a realistic expectation of killing a Pope and Young in velvet, but a couple of the states that have early velvet seasons, they're just not known for big deer. I gotcha. So that's what makes Kentucky, I guess, the biggest draw is that we are a big buck state. And you can absolutely kill a monster in velvet. And that's actually the best time to kill a monster. Yeah. I mean, you look at all these mounts you got in the lodge here and the pictures and everything. You guys killed some hammers, giants, yeah. and yeah. deer that I'm like, shit, I didn't even know these existed down here. You it's know? funny. It's funny to get people into camp the first time, regardless of whoever else they've hunted with when it comes to outfitters, whatever state they've hunted. When they roll in here and see the deer that we're knocking down, it's the same thing every time. You know, holy shit, I didn't know you guys had deer like that. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, that's why we're one of the top five states every year for Boone and Crockett entries. And we're, as a state, we're half the size of all the other top five states. Right. So when they break it down on a per square mile basis, we're usually number one for Boone and Crockett entries on a per square mile basis. Okay. Always so, in the top three. So where you guys lay here in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky... Technically, it's Lawrenceburg, right? Yep. Okay. Yep, right in the so where, where you lay right here, where does that, like this county, this area, you know, stack up in the grand scheme of things in Kentucky? 
So for years and years and years, TV shows have always talked about Western Kentucky when they come hunting. Okay. Uh, mo- that's really because of Night and Hill. You know, that's where Night and Hill was from. They were real big in TV shows originally, and everybody thought Western Kentucky this, Western Kentucky that. Well, our number one Boone and Crockett County is Northeast Kentucky. No kidding? Yeah. Nobody talks about it. Nobody. But that's our number one. Well, guess who's in between Western Kentucky and Northeast Kentucky? <laughs> Salt River Outfitters, so we're, <laughs> we're right in the middle of all the big bucks. I You're mean, right in the transition zone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody. As you know, May is a giant month in the tag application world. I'm going to go over some deadlines here, so make sure to pay attention on these. Washington, all species on May 24th, so May is a giant month in the tag application world. There's just one deadline in June, but it is a key one. Montana antelope deadline is June 1st, so you got to make sure to get applied for this one. Antelope in Montana is a sleeper, and you got to make sure to get in on this one. Give the team at WTA a call. No, that's cool. And that's like, because Kentucky's foreign to me. You know what I mean? This is the first time I've ever been down here turkey hunting or deer hunting, and it's like, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, there's a lot more hills here than I thought it was going to be. It's yep. just different terrain, and even the turkey hunting that we've been doing the last five days, it's totally different than back home. You know, mm-hmm. we're flat. We got ag fields all over. You can drive around and see birds in fields 500 yards away. Here, it's like big timber, yeah. big rolling hills. Yep. So I guess let's pivot a little bit to, to turkey hunting. Since we're in turkey hunting, let's talk a little bit about that. But, um, like, for someone to come here, book a turkey hunt, what is the first thing they can expect? Like if they're flying in or driving in like camp life from soup to nuts, like what, what can they expect when they get here? Uh, well, we've got two local airports, you know, we've got Lexington, we've got Louisville, uh, Lexington is 20, 25 minutes away. Louisville's about an hour away. So it's very easy to get here once you fly in, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like you're flying in and then having to drive for three hours. So it's a, it's really convenient to hunt here first off. And it's a beautiful part of the state. I mean, we've got the horse farms that you'll be driving through. We do have some ag fields along the interstate. So you're going to see some crops. You're going to see a lot of horses, a lot of bourbon, a lot of bourbon. A lot of bourbon. <laughs> so, you know, like I say, 96% of the world's bourbon is made in our backyard. So there's not only is it a beautiful drive and it's a convenient drive, but there's lots of stuff to do here if you kill out early. Mm-hmm. You know, if Kentucky's a state where you can only kill one bird a day. So let's say you go out and you kill one right off the roost. Like it almost never happens, but that's what we hope for, right? Yep. Did so, happen today? <laughs> so, <laughs> the roost hunt's been so, difficult. <laughs> uh, they've been some, they've had so many hens with them, but yep. uh, but yeah, I mean, if you kill uh, you kill a bird, uh, a lot of other states, if you've killed a bird and you're three hours away from nothing, it's it's kind of boring, right? You know, if you can't right. keep hunting, so here we've got so much stuff you can do. You go tour the horse farms, you go tour the bourbon distilleries. You know, there's fishing. Lots of stuff you can do here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yesterday we went toward Four Roses, you yep. know, and yep. that was cool to do. Like, I've never seen anything like that mm-hmm. before. See the fermenting process and the distillery, that was, like, really neat. Yep. And that kind of couples with the Buck Bourbon that you have. You know, yep. we just had you recently on about Buck Bourbon, um, attractants and minerals. And that was cool to kind of see that come full circle for me to see how that was made and, um, you know, what comes out. And it's like, this is the Buck Bourbon. You're like, yeah. And I'm like, this is freaking sweet yeah you know it smells good i mean it, it smells it, really yeah, good and it's it, it is a lot it's confusing to people when we start talking about buck bourbon because they they just don't know they don't know the history there right you know not it's not just an average attractant you know it, it is something that's made from good byproducts that's very beneficial to the deer so mm-hmm. and yeah, i think th- it, this whole area ties in really well <laughs> yeah. i think it's a little bit of a testament to like what 
George does at the outfitting side and how he tests things and builds things and figures out what works for the deer, what's working for the turkeys, what's right. different in Michigan is different in Kentucky, yep. right? So it's it's just interesting that you put it all together from an outfitter to testing the product to making a product to that full circle. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see. Yeah. And real, real renaissance, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could say that. I've been called a lot of things, but never that. <laughs> no, that that is a good point, Jack, because um, – I mean, that whole buck bourbon thing that came out of like nowhere and it's blown up now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so I don't want to get too much of that because we did do a podcast about yeah. that. Oh, you yeah, and Mark yeah. did. So, um, but back to the turkey stuff. So flying in or driving in, like, you know, we drove in from Michigan. It was seven hours from um, central Michigan, smooth drive. And the country's beautiful. We came through Indiana, hit Louisville, and then drove up here. But it's, like I said, there's a lot to do midday. Let's talk about a day uh turkey hunting so you know what time you getting up roughly yeah. and that turkey sleeps you getting tired and yeah. and uh roost hunting and then like what's the what's a day look like okay well our turkey hunts are always three day hunts we only do three day hunts because i don't think anybody could survive a five-day turkey <laughs> hunt but uh no we so all of our property we maintain between 20 to twenty-two thousand acres every year you know we'll lose a farm gain a farm but for we, turkey hunting for all hunting okay yes, for all hunting okay so all of those farms are an hour or less from the lodge. Mm-hmm. Typically, it's going to be a 20 to 35-minute drive. That's where the majority of our farms are. Uh, but I won't lease a farm over an hour away because it, I mean, if you got to get up and drive that far and then you have to get set up, it just it's just not, It's nobody wants to do that. Right. So odds are you're going to get up around 4.30 in the morning. Hopefully everybody can, you know, have their breakfast, drink their coffee, whatever, and then we make sure everybody has all the right equipment you know if they don't have shooting sticks it's kind of it can get hectic around here if you got five six seven eight hunters trying to go out at the same time and everybody's mm-hmm. gear is kind of misplaced so we want everybody to get up early enough to to make sure they have all of their gear everything they want to take out for the day then we pair you up with your guide your guide's going to take you out to the farm and he's going to do the calling for you we do have a lot of hunters that come through that want to do some calling on their own and we encourage that i mean if you're new to turkey hunting our goal first off is to get you on a turkey but second off, we want to make you a better turkey hunter as well. We're going to try to educate you in any way we can, whether it's when to call, when not to call, what yep. decoys we like to use versus no decoys sometimes. And so that's kind of our goal is to make everybody a better turkey hunter. You know, and, and if you're a very, very you know good turkey hunter and you want to do all the calling on your own, then we just got a guide with you. It's just going to kind of take you from farm to farm. Mm-hmm. make sure that you know where the property lines are you know yep. so so it, and we can cater to any type of hunter you know new hunter old hunter out of shape hunter like me you know <laughs> or, or you know if if you have any kind of disabilities you know we have a lot of places that we can drive you in and out that you know you don't have to do running and gunning yeah that's all you hear about in the turkey industry is running and gunning this running and gunning that and i love to run and gun as much as anybody but this morning you know we're trying to film a show there's three people. It's very hard to hide three people in the turkey woods. So we were confined to a blind, yep. which was good because it started it raining, raining almost yeah. immediately after daylight. It rained that Forrest Gump rain. So not a light rain. Not a that light was a hard rain. rain. No, no. So and like even that, like turkeys, you know, typically when it stops raining, they like to come out mm-hmm. in the fields and everything. We did see that a little bit, but it was a tough goal. Like on the roost, we heard a couple gobbles. Us personally, and then when they hit the ground, it was like. You know, they didn't Nothing. want to gobble anymore. No. But like you said, it's early. You yeah. think it's early right now. Yeah, I think it's early. And plus, when it stopped raining, we still had 20-mile-an-hour winds. Right. You know, if, if turkey strutting up on top of a hill, he turns into a kite real quick. So <laughs> they, 
I think all the turkeys kind of went into the thickets and avoided those fields like they typically do. You know, when it yep. rains, like you said, when it stops, first thing they want to do normally is come out in a field, dry off, sun, do their little strut and show. But today it was just a bad, bad morning. Yeah, and, and with the weather, just temperature wise, I mean, yeah. you've been in the evenings, right? You had a frost advisory. Just yeah, a yeah. days ago, Monday and Tuesday so, it was colder and crap. In the tomorrow's morning. eighty. Tomorrow's eighty. Really? Yeah, it could change. <laughs> tomorrow's it. eighty degrees. <laughs> I'm gonna shoot a turkey tomorrow. <laughs> He'll miss one. <laughs> oh, don't, you, don't you put that mojo on me. <laughs> so in the mornings, you're doing the roost hunt, um, blind hunt, or run and gun, like you said. Do you guys uh, roost the birds before you guys the night before? Uh, we don't typically roost the birds because we're, we're actually out hunting until about 7, 7.30 at night. Yep. If, if they don't kill a bird in the morning, we always have dinner um, actually delivered here at 8. So yep. we try to have all the guides and clients back here at 8 so they're – just get, I mean, it's just refreshing to be able to sit down for an hour and, and eat and maybe have a few cocktails before you have to go to bed. And converse, do and all converse. that stuff. And, yeah. and, and plus, it helps us build a game plan if we get back here and have plenty of time to talk about it. Yep. You know? yep. Well, you know, we heard a bird over here, uh, but we were with a hunter who was kind of constricted to a blind because he just he couldn't, he wasn't very mobile. Mm-hmm. So then the next morning, we're like, okay, we're going to send so-and-so over there because this bird needs to be chase kind of running gun type hunting to get on him he's yep. he's up on top of a hill not down on one of the bottoms where we can kind of drive to so uh it's just yeah it's good to come back early to make a game plan yep plus and it's like we said this is exhausting exhausting <laughs> it's absolutely exhausting and if you hunt and stay out there and try to roost a bird you know they may not go to roost till eight thirty. yeah so i i find myself sleeping in the field a lot yeah, a lot <laughs> yesterday, a lot. yesterday yeah. midday we stayed out all day and it was like two o'clock the sun was beating and i'm like i need to take a nap yeah took a 45 minute nap but um typically you guys your hunters are coming back midday right get some lunch if they like to stay out or like how does that work that is totally on the hunter okay that's the hunter's decision to make um if he's exhausted, wants to come back take a nap, you know, maybe eat him sandwich or something. We do that. Or if you're a diehard hunter and you you tell us right off the bat, like, look, I'm here to hunt. We're going to hunt all day unless we kill. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's pack a lunch, pack some snacks, and hit the road. So okay. it, it, that is up to the hunter as far as what we do on that. I got you. Now, what is the guide situation as far as like, is it one per hunter, or do you couple hunters together? Like, how does that work? We typically do one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a lot of people that want to hunt with their buddy. You know, if if you're in here, if you're trying to bring your friend and or spouse or children or whatever, get them introduced into turkey hunting. Turkey hunting is more of a camaraderie hunt than it is yep. a like a deer hunt. When it's a deer hunt, like I, I want to be by myself. I don't want nobody in a damn tree with me. Mm-hmm. Turkey hunting is very similar to duck hunting in the fact that you know what, bring your buddy. You know, you can talk a little bit in the blind. You can talk, you know, you can get by a little bit more. You don't have to worry about scent. You don't have to worry about that type of stuff. So we do some, uh, you know, one guy to 200 hunts if it's that type of situation where somebody wants to be with their friend when they kill that turkey, their mm-hmm. first turkey, or their daughter, or their son, or their wife, or their whatever, you know. So we can kind of cater to all, all types. Okay. Now, you said they're three-day seasons. Um what if something happens, weather comes in, don't get to hunt much, can they re-up? Like, can they come oh, back yeah, for another yeah. season? Like, as, how is that? As long as we don't have hunters coming in the next day that would interfere with that, then absolutely. Yep. You know, we would let somebody stay an extra day. And what is the, how's the season's layout? Like, how long is the season, and do you have different seasons? 21 days is what we have. Um, I mean, it, once it starts, it, it rolls all the way through. We don't have any kind of breaks. Uh, 
Now, we do have a youth season that comes in the first Saturday in April. It's always that Saturday, Sunday. Kentucky is kind of weird the way they do their opening day for a, a regular you know, adult season. It's kind of a floating opener. It's always the Saturday closest to April the 15th. Okay. So some years you have your youth weekend, and then the adult weekend comes in the very next weekend. But then some years there's a week break in between. Which helps. Which helps, yeah. <laughs> like, like this year, it, there was a week in between, and I think it's, it's still behind. The turkeys are behind. The season's okay, but the, the turkeys are behind. So if it, had, if it had not had that week break there, it would be awful right now. It, yeah. it, we would actually be at the tail end of the season, and the birds were still grouped up and, you know, hinned up really bad. So yeah. it, it would have been a tough season. Yeah, and that's, that is tough because, you know, we talk about the weather as well. That's a big factor in it. You know, we've had all this temperature change, and like I said, it's going to be 80 tomorrow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yep. So what, what do you see normally, like, do you see on average a warmer April for Kentucky or is it very, it does it vary a ton? Everyone knows Matthews is the leader in archery innovations and I'm proud to be part of their team. Little did they know I've been part of their team ever since I started pulling a bow back when I was 12. I personally shoot their new Matthews V3X and love it. So go visit MatthewsInc.com and pick out your next bow. Hey everybody, I've been partnered and working with Bass Pro and Cabela's now for a long time. They're your one-stop shop for anything outdoors. Personally, I use them for all my camping and backpack needs for all my backcountry trips. Make sure to check them out at BassPro.com or Cabela's.com. Hey guys, are you into keeping your whitetail herd healthy and strong? Go check out Buck Bourbon and their full line of mineral and attractants. Personally, my favorite is 110 proof because I've had some great memories and great deer taken over top of it in the state of Kentucky. Born from bourbon, field tested, wildlife approved. Check them out at buckbourbon.com. Uh, our weather is definitely bipolar. I yeah. mean, it's just, it's this way every <laughs> spring. I mean, it's hot one day, cold the next. And people hop in my truck and my back seat, it, it looks like my closet, you know, because I don't know. You literally go out one morning and it's 30 degrees with a frost. So you have to wear every stitch of clothing you have. But by noon, it's 70 degrees. Mm -hmm. And if you're out with a client, you're running and gunning. I mean, I'm shedding clothes, putting clothes on, shedding clothes. And it's, my, the, yeah, my backseat literally looks like a closet. That's, that's typical. <laughs> that's what Kentucky. your closet looks like? <laughs> that's typical Kentucky oh, spray. I was in a truck yesterday, too. And it's <laughs> it's pretty sweet, right? You can find just about anything you need in there. Exactly. That's for sure. I exactly. thought Swiss Army knife. As soon as I take something out, I'll need it. Promise you that. I, I got in the back. We're at Four Roses. I get in the back. And I'm like, you got to you got a thing of oil in here. He's like, oil? And I pull it out because I could just see the cap, and it was a thing of buck bourbon. <laughs> yeah, it was our candy apple teeny. Actually. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was, that's what it was. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, you got guns back there. You got, you know, you got clothes. You got underwear, everything you need. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. One thing I was thinking about with you were talking about camaraderie of a turkey hunt being, you know, a little bit different than a deer hunt, right, since not involved in everything. I think that's what's cool about the lodge and how many people – you can have at this lodge and the camaraderie of just lodge life, I guess you could say from an outfitting business is it's fun. You know, you meet new people. Talk about the, that. There are more friendships made at this hunting camp than I, I mean, any place I've ever been to. And I truly mean that. I mean, my clients come in here, not just me, but my clients make friends with the other clients and they're calling each other, wishing them, you know, Merry Christmas, happy Thanksgiving. I mean, it's like my phone blows up every holiday i mean and it's all my clients from the last 14 years it's, it's kind of crazy how you can take somebody that you've never met spend three days with them 
and you build this lasting friendship. You know, whether they come back and hunt every year or every three years, or if they don't come back, they still text me, you know, hey, you know, it was a great time. But some people just, some people are honestly just can't afford to go hunting every year. Right. So they yeah. save up and go once every five years or something. And it's just, it's good to see people from all walks of life. You know, it's, it's a joke I, I say all the time, but it's actually happened multiple times. We, we may have a billionaire sitting beside a dollar heir, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they're just... They're conversing just fine. They're laughing. They're they're enjoying each other's company, and they end up becoming friends. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it just people from all walks of life come here, and everybody gets along. We're and, all. And you're you. It's your first time here. First time. I've yep. been here maybe six, eight times. Mm-hmm. George, you've always been here, and it yep. seems like the next time you come and yeah. you talk to one of the guys that are yep. in camp, it's going to be like you yep. never left. Yep. I know that because I've been here five times, and yep. it is. Yeah. George speaks the same. Well, and that to me is like the coolest thing about hunting, the camaraderie, the camp life, the the deer camp, the turkey camp. It's like you said, you could be a billionaire and you'd probably never know it. You know what I mean? That yeah, guy. Absolutely. And you're absolutely. all you're all the same level. Yeah. Yep. And that's the beauty about hunting is you make so much friendship or so many new friends and, and form these friendships. And, and then when you kill, like there's two guys that finished their slam yesterday. Mm-hmm. I've never met these guys before in my life. I had a beer with them, congratulate them. We bullshitted for like three hours about yep. it. And I'm like, this is cool. You yep. know, it's two totally strangers. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that's the cool part about it. Exactly. So how does the, so camp life, that's a great question, Jack. I actually had that on there of like the camp life at night and during the day, like, you know, the conversing, that's, it's a great question, but how at night does the food work? Like your supper time, you know, how do you have a cook or what do you do for that? So we actually have it catered every night. Okay. It's so easy for us to just have a catering company come in and we tell them exactly what time we want the food here. Mm -hmm. So we're not worrying about trying to get the food here for, you know, eight clients and eight guides. So if we're feeding 16 to 20 people, that's a lot of work for, you know, one or two people to try yes. to get food ready for in time. Yep. So that's how we like, look, have everybody back here at eight o'clock and our catering company comes in at eight o'clock, lays the food out. Hunters come in. If they want to take a shower, they can take a shower. Most of them come in, go straight to the food, yep. eat, kind of relax, have a drink and then take their showers. Uh, but we have our catering company is a Hill of Beans Barbecue. They're actually award-winning company for their barbecue. So they, they and do it's a phenomenal. great job. Great job. The last three nights have been phenomenal food. I mean, mac and cheese, and I can't remember what else. It was brisket. Just, last we brisket. brisket. Oh, prime, yeah. prime rib. Prime rib. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jack so missed good. prime rib. Though. I did. Oh. You did <laughs> miss that. That was the first night. What's What's tonight? I don't know. I have to look at the There's the a menu. lot of brisket in there, oh, and it's yeah. phenomenal. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. That. So getting up early, uh, you have continental breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. So you got yep. waffles, pop tarts, whatever you yeah, want. Just and grab and cup. go type yep. stuff because yep. nobody wants to get up an hour earlier than they absolutely have mm-hmm. to just to eat a good breakfast. So it's turkey hunter breakfast, you know, yep. little Debbie's honey buns, Oh yeah. You know, Mountain Dew bottle of water to go, maybe coffee, and then you're out. Yep. So. What does, uh, what if a hunter's coming in what what do they need to bring like what what is like a gear list that is like hey if you're ever wondering do i need this what is it that you say bring this for sure a good set of shooting sticks regardless of what you're doing you know you get caught in a weird situation trying to kill a turkey it's always good to have something there to hold your gun so you're Mm -hmm. not trying to you know be real weird with it and have to try to rush a shot if you get caught with your gun down yep 
everybody absolutely has to have rain gear because it rains every damn day in Kentucky. <laughs> Bring your whole camel wardrobe. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say rain gear today. Um, you know, a good pair of... Uh, I would bring a comfortable pair of boots and I would also bring a pair of waterproof boots, you know, like a muck boots or mm-hmm. some type of slip on boot like that for hunting in the early morning. Cause even if it doesn't rain, we always have dew on our grass every morning yep. and, and you're going to get your feet wet if you don't have a good, you know, waterproof pair of boots, but then a good comfortable pair of boots to change into for the afternoon hunt. If it's not raining for walking up and down these, these hills and hollers. Oh, yeah. have. And I'd so, add gators to gators. that too, yep. just yep. to help with that water. Yeah. Boot gators. That. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we do tell we encourage everybody to treat their clothes before they come with a uh, insect like permethrin or yep. something like that, so you don't have to constantly keep spraying down. Uh, we do have ticks and chiggers in Kentucky, so that's that's something that people never think about, but they always regret not thinking about it when they leave here. I had two on me <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I hate ticks. Hate ticks. Yep. But yeah, yeah, we treat our clothes like all of my guides. We treat our clothes in permethrin the week before turkey season, and it's good for two months. So we get all the way through turkey season, never have to retreat. What you have your own mix? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, or not? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we no, did. We I, did a video on yeah, it. Yeah, I, while I ago. can talk about it, but you know, I'm not sure it's probably FDA approved or EPA approved. <laughs> I, I don't know which one. Well, no. <laughs> what fascinating mean is is yours lasts for like two months. Like yeah. you're you're good for two months. I'm like, okay, I need some of that. Yeah. So so what I do is I actually go to Tractor Supply. You can go to any kind of feed store or you know, home and garden store and buy, it's either ortho, there's ortho bug be gone. And then the one I bought this last time at tractor supply, they actually switched to brand. It's like a tick and ant. flea, tick and ant spray or something like that. But what you look for is the main ingredient. The main ingredient needs to be permethrin. Okay. So the permethrin you buy at any other store in a spray can that's already pre-mixed is only a half a percent. Like the, what I bought the other day was two and a half percent. So I just dilute that three to one with uh, with water, put it in a five-gallon bucket. And that, say that's the thing, I can spend $12 and get enough of this to treat every single stitch of clothing I own. You put it right in a five-gallon pail. In, in a, in a five-gallon bucket and just soak it, Soak my, I mean, drench my clothes in it. Pick them up, wring them out, and let them air dry. Once they air dry, you're good for two months. Really? And, and it doesn't just repel the ticks and chiggers, it kills them. Yeah, <laughs> so, you can really? see the ticks crawl up. And, 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 and die and roll off and fall off yeah that's fun because <laughs> i so hate ticks yeah yeah i don't need to be messing around with lyme's disease <laughs> no no alpha gal that's my my what is that it's where that's you can't the, eat meat right yeah you oh, can't eat red right. meat get, it, you develop that. a meat allergy and if i couldn't eat meat i i wouldn't exist i just i'd end it <laughs> oh so back to the hunter's list we got a little rabbit hole there as my fault but a hunter's list so you talk about shooting sticks rain gear um calls do they need to bring calls like that's if, up to them if, if they want to call some on their own um they're welcome to but if me or my guy tells you to stop calling don't don't let it hurt your feelings <laughs> <laughs> we'll try to work with you i mean well look we get all types and some of the some clients come through here and hell they're better callers than us mm-hmm. and then we get some that are just trying to learn how and at that point we'll tell them like look this first thing this morning let one of the guides call and yep. then middle of the day we'll work with you some on your calling if you want, and, and don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys, they get too macho and they're afraid to ask for yep. help or, or advice. And don't be, because we're not going to ridicule you. We're actually here to educate you as well as hopefully get you on, on an animal, whatever you're here to hunt. 
Yep. So calls, then a big thing for me would be a head net or like a face mask. You know, yeah. you definitely want that. So your face isn't being yeah. shown. Those birds can see forever, you know. They can, so. yeah. I mean, the actually, Jason that's here turkey hunting with us now, he's never been on a turkey hunt. And we walked over and glassed a river bottom. And there was two hens out in the middle of this river bottom. If I had to guess, I'd say six, 700 yards away. And we're all the way up on top of this hill. And I told him, I said, stay down low until I glass this whole field to make sure there's no gobblers in this field. There was no gobblers, so we actually stood up. And when we stood up, instantly those hens were gone. And he looked at me in his eyes. I mean, they were as big as silver dollars. He's like, you know, holy shit, you weren't lying. They can't see good. I was like, I told you. You know, it's, you, know you got to figure how far away that is. And we're camo yeah. in, in a pasture where there's cows everywhere. Yep. And as soon as we stood up, they were gone. You know, so it was, it was just kind of... It was awesome for him to see that. Yeah. You know, he got That's a big learning curve too, you know. What what would you say the ratio is of like new hunters that have never turkey hunted that come in here every year? Is there a lot? No, I mean we only get a couple. Yeah. We only get a lot of people don't want to go on their first ever turkey hunt and it be an outfitted one. Okay. That's the reason why I tell all, people all the time I'm like, "Look, if you know anybody that wants to get into turkey hunting, take them. Mm-hmm. Take them on your own property, whether they kill or even if they just get you know, there's a lot of, I don't see how you could ever be a selfish hunter, but there are some people out there Yep. that they want to be the one to kill the bird. They want to be the one to pull the trigger. Like, even if you're that type of person, still take a friend with you so they can experience that. Experience it. Yep. You know, and hopefully you're not one of those type of hunters. I mean, look, if I take somebody hunting with me, I'm going to be like, you shoot first. Yeah. It's just, I've seen enough of them die. You know, I want to see all of them die. So <laughs> I don't care who's killing it. So, you yeah. know, I don't have to pull the trigger. But I got you. Just, just get people in, introduced into it, and then at that point, hopefully it takes over from there, and they'll start hunting on their own, and, and then eventually lead into the outfitted hunts. Yep. As far as weapons, do you let them bring a bow? Can they bow hunt, crossbow hunt? <laughs> this Okay, this is, a, <laughs> this is a delicate subject because I, I feel like a turkey was put on the face of this earth to be shot in the face with a shotgun. Yep. And I love to bow hunt as much as anybody. And there's somebody sitting here actually in the middle of this podcast right now that would rather shoot him with a bow. And I think it's silly, but whatever. I, I didn't say, I, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> He's putting words in my mouth. I didn't say I wouldn't rather shoot him with a bow. But if I have the opportunity where the, the season is extended and I can use a bow, I'm yeah. going to use a bow before shotgun comes in for sure. I've, I've shot a lot but, with a bow and it's fun, but I agree with you, George. In the face, like Tyson just hit him. Yeah. I like that. Oh, I, I like I agree. it when the wad hits him in the face. Yeah, <laughs> and you can you can slow mo the video and like the blood just splatters. That's what I like. It's fun. Blood all over the decoy. You shoot him with a bow. Usually, there's not just like blood just splattered <laughs> all over the decoy. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. fun to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish this is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chasing the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment <laughs> and with what True. but still True. yeah yes well, okay so on the weapon thing so they can bring a bow if you want I would, honestly, I would prefer them not. I've had hunters tell me they wanted to bring a bow, and I said, I'd just prefer you not. Okay. Just on, we, Too many birds are lost by people not knowing where to shoot them. Yep. 
It is difficult. I mean, a lot of people go out with good intentions of trying to harvest a turkey with their bow, but they don't do their research and know where to shoot them. Yep. Because turkey's vitals are tiny. Tiny, tiny, tiny. tiny. Yeah. What would you recommend weapon-wise? Like what what gauge, shotgun, 410? Like what would you recommend them to bring? Well, the the main thing nowadays are, are the TSS shells. That's a game changer in not just turkey hunting, but everything. Um, a, a good buddy of mine once made a comment, and it, it stuck with me. He said, look, you, you have people that come here that spend thousands of dollars on gear. You know, the most expensive shotgun. If they're shooting a Trigicon scope or some type of scope like that, or like a reflex sight, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds of dollars for that. And hundreds of dollars for camo. And they shoot a turkey with a $3 shell. Like, why are you trying to save money there? Right. You know, so I'm like, buy TSS. If you can find TSS, you know, that's going to that's gonna kill a turkey. This sounds stupid, but it's going to kill them deader. You know? Yeah. No, <laughs> when, when TSS hits it. them, yeah. I mean, it just, I mean, it just, it absolutely annihilates them. And it increases your effective range. So if you're coming on a hunt and you're trying to limit yourself by buying just some cheap ammo, don't do that. I mean, you're literally going to shoot once, maybe twice while you're here turkey hunting, hopefully. So if, if you spend $12 on that shell, that could mean the difference in killing this turkey or not. Mm-hmm. So that's, I tell everybody nowadays, the gu- a gun's a gun. 12 yep. gauge, 20 gauge, doesn't matter. As long as you know how to sh- shoot it and know how to pattern it, you know, a $300 gun is going to kill a turkey just like a $2,000 gun. Yep. Spend the extra money on the ammo and, if, and a good choke. That's good choke, thing. too. You've got to have nice. a good choke. Uh, but yeah, I mean, any gun to kill a turkey. We're killing them with 410s. We're killing them with 20 gauges you know, 12 gauges, what, whatever you want to bring. Yep. What, can you elaborate a little on the TSS? Like, what is it? Do you have... So, it's it's 100% tungsten, which, you know, it's a... I could be off on my numbers. So, lead is, what, 30% heavier than steel? And then tungsten is, I think, even 30% heavier than lead or something like that. So, anyway, what you're able to do with TSS is you're able to shoot an eight or a nine shot, which is a small, small pellet. You get more and pellets? More you pellets get, with yes, you get a ton of pellets in one shotgun shell. You know, the, the older ammo that we used to shoot, the copper-plated, you know how yep. the, 30 years ago they were coming out with every type of turkey load imaginable, copper-plated, nickel-plated, they were trying to get it heavier. And, you know, all of that stuff, you're shooting four shot, five shot, maybe some of it you could get into six shot. So you're literally doubling the amount of pellets you have in that shell going with TSS. With a 20 gauge, we're effectively killing turkeys at 60 yards and killing them dead. You That's know, not, crazy. Not one pellet in the in the eyeball, and they're flopping around or running in a circle because they can only see at one eye. Yeah. But I mean, when it hits them, it just I mean, it, it just breaks their whole neck. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's essentially crazy. more mass, yeah. more pellets. Like yeah. it's just like FOC in a bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, if you think about it, yeah. but in pellet form. Yeah. Yeah. So, but one thing I do want to talk about while we're talking about TSS, and I think this is a problem with TSS. A lot of people is not shooting their guns to know what it's doing at 60 and 70 yards. And, and here's, here's where I think the turkey population across the U.S. is declining. I've actually read a lot of articles about this. And I know this is not the single case, but this has got a lot to do with it. People are not, they're not shooting their gun beforehand to see what that shell does at 60 and 70 yards. Because it's going to drop. I mean, it, it's way heavier than lead. It's going to drop, and you're going to body shoot a lot of birds. Yep. The difference between TSS body shooting a bird versus lead or copper-plated t- you know, shells hitting a bird in the body at 60 is it's still going to kill them because it's going to penetrate in that body, 
but they may die 12 hours from now. They may die 24 hours from now. So these birds are running off, flying off, and dying, but guess what that's not doing? That's not punching your tag. Right. So then you go and kill two more birds. You know, you're allowed two birds in Kentucky. So for every hunter that's killing two birds, I feel like they're starting to kill that third bird. Mm-hmm. They're just not finding it. Not knowing about it, yeah. So that's actually cutting down on our numbers. I've seen it happen firsthand. I've seen people shoot birds and body shoot them in blood, like blood trail them, trying to find this turkey. And I know this turkey's dying, but we never can find them. That's crazy. Well, that's not a, I mean, that's not a tag. You didn't I didn't even think about it that you didn't way. recover that animal. Yeah, I didn't think about it that way. Because like a, like a normal like shot or something that, you know, what your body shoot them, they're just going to wing them, yeah. basically. And I mean, probably it, not going to die. It won't get through the feathers yep. and, you know, yep. at 60 yards. So, But but that TSS is carrying enough energy, you're going to shoot them low in the body, and you're still going to kill them, but you're not going to find them because you're, you're not breaking them down right there. Yeah. Do you see an issue with shooting multiple birds in Kentucky? Uh, No. I mean, we have a large turkey population. Even though the numbers have, have declined for the last 10 years, just like every other state, I mean, you're still going out to our farms. Would you? How many did you hear opening day? And this is no lie. Uh, at least a hundred gobbles. There had to have been fifteen different gobblers. Yeah, gobbling at least fifteen different birds sounding off. But we heard over a hundred gobbles. Yeah, and I mean, morning. this morning it was it was raining. We had twenty mile an hour winds, and we still had six gobblers. Six, yeah, six gobblers six of them gobbling in a three hundred acre area. Less, less, less than, than that. Yeah, less than three hundred acre farm. So. The farm you was on was 200 acres, mm-hmm. and you had all those birds. So, I yep. mean, we, we have a large turkey population. So, I think two is definitely a, a good number. Yep. I don't think that needs to be, you know, done, anything done to that. But I do think that TSS is leading to some of the turkey decline. Uh, and I think hunters are getting better. That's I just good. think there's just more turkeys <laughs> being killed. I yeah. mean, honestly, you know, they're, they're becoming more lethal because of the TS, TSS, because of the... There's just turkey hunting has really taken a lot more center stage in hunting over the last I agree. Years. And, you know, COVID definitely didn't help that. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Michigan's turkey numbers when COVID hit was, I mean, went through the roof. Same. We never, we never came close to like, you know, they give out like 60,000 tags. We'd never get close to even yeah. giving them all out. I mean, it got close. Yeah. Like, so I'm thinking, you know, that helped and getting new hunters in, which is good. But I th- also think there's so many media outlets, podcasts, there's more YouTube about turkey hunting and learning. To, I yeah. mean, you should, you can go on ter- YouTube and learn how to use a turkey call yeah. and yeah. learn how to, you know, it just there's so many more avenues out there for people to get better, which is which is nice. Um, but like you said, I I agree. I think the turkey population is declining. Uh, TSS, and I want to I want to talk about one other thing. This is, I think, probably the single biggest cause of this are raccoons. Nobody raccoon hunts anymore. Thirty years ago, everybody I knew was coon hunting. Mm-hmm. You know, now in states where you're allowed to bait, like Kentucky, everybody's baiting their deer. Well, nobody's shooting the ter- the, the raccoons, and the raccoon population has exploded because there's a bait pile every three hundred yards on somebody's farm. You know, so they wherever they go, they have food. In September, I'm running trail cameras, and this is no joke. I'm getting pictures of 20-plus raccoons at every bait pile where we're baiting. Yep. And they'll destroy nests. They'll destroy the nest. I mean, when I'm out turkey hunting, I can't, I can't tell you how many nests I'll walk by, and you just, the eggs have just been, you know, the, the nests have been raided. So that is what I think, not just raccoons, possums. I mean, all types of varmints mm-hmm. like that because nobody, nobody's trapping anymore. Nobody's nope. hunting them anymore. So that population has exploded, and 
nobody has a clue how much damage they're doing on these nests. Yeah. I mean, it's a good point. You know, a, a turkey a turkey nest on the ground. So, I mean, they're so open to predation of whatever type. Yep. It, it is. is it is. It's the old boys that are the OGs. They're just, you know, older and, and, you know, people, our generation, they haven't picked it up. Like, I don't, I I know a couple guys that do it, but they don't do it like a lot. You know, they might just get a wild hair up their butt and just be like, I want to trap this year. I'm going to do it. And then they're done with it, you know, but even furs like pelts. And I don't think they're going for what they used to. Mm-mm. No, I mean, you can't sell them Harley. I no. mean, just, it's not worth skinning them out. Much no. less putting in the work to go trap them right. and have to do all right. that. So you can kill two birds in here. Hard pivot again. Two birds in Kentucky. You only kill one a day, though, right? Yep, correct. One a day. And then for a non-resident, what is a tag price? I believe the turkey permit is 80 or 85 bucks, and then the hunting license is like 150 Yeah, I think I paid 235 yeah, I think that's what that it was. That sounds about right, yeah. Which is, I mean, you can come and kill two Easterns. You only have Easterns in Kentucky, yep, right? Yeah, only Easterns. Two Easterns, and, I mean, that's a pretty good deal for me, yeah. honestly. And then if, you know, coming to Salt River, what are your rates to come and do a three-day turkey hunt? So our three-day turkey hunts are $1,500. That includes your your meals, your lodging. Um, it is a fully guided hunt. You do have to purchase your own license and permit. Uh, if you want to bring alcohol here, you have to bring your own. We do not furnish that. Okay. So. And then... Um, do you do do you let guys do DIY hunts or is it just all good? No, we uh we got into some issues doing that years and years ago when I first got started. Uh people now a lot of this was before, you know, the HuntWise app was out. Yep. Or, you know, the, those type maps were out. So a lot of people struggled knowing where their property lines were. And I didn't want to turn anybody loose and, and you know, trespass not knowing that you know, because some farms, there's no fence that says, okay, this is the property line, or there's no creek that's this is the property line. And if you wander on somebody else's property, that's just no good for anyone. Mm-mm. You know, that's no good for us. That's no good for the hunter and no good for the neighbors that, that, that you know, that may happen to. Right. Yeah. Uh, but not just that. Also, this started in deer hunting, but I had a, I had a couple guys that were DIY hunters originally. And when they left, they, they had killed their buck and they had left. Well, I went back to kind of check out the farm, and I had found a couple of dead bucks that had been shot mm. that were smaller. And, and I'm 100% sure that they had shot these deer, found them, and was like, oh, shit, they're not as big as I thought they <sighs> were. And they stayed hunting and killed a bigger one and then left. And I'm like, I, I can't prove that, but I just stopped it. I'm like, yep. it's just it's just a peace of mind to not have those DIY hunters out yep. there. And, and it's not, I don't have anything against people that want to do that. It just does not fit my business model. Just, I can't do that. Now that makes sense for sure. And I guess another question I have is, so let's say a guy comes and hunts, kills a bird or kills two. Do you guys process it for him? Do they get to take it home? Like, how does that all work? Uh, Once again, that depends on the the client. Uh, We will process the bird for them. Uh, If they want to get it mounted, obviously we just kind of tuck it, freeze it and take it to the taxidermist. Uh, We recommend if you do want a bird mounted to get it mounted here. So you don't have to try to transport that bird back without breaking the feathers. I gotcha. Uh, but if you just want like a fan mount or something, you know, like most turkey hunters do anymore, we'll, we'll cut the fan off, cut the spurs off, the beard off, make sure all of that goes home with you, and then freeze the meat so you can take it back with you. Okay. Very good. That I mean, that's a lot of the questions of like, I think there's a lot of guys that don't do out-of-state hunts and that want to. I know I've got a couple uncles that are like getting into it now, and they're just like, 
you know, I don't know what to expect. And I think yeah. a lot of guys that don't do the outfitted hunts are like, I don't know what I'm getting into. So yeah. is there anything else that I might have missed that it's like, do your homework. To, if I don't care whether you hunt with Salt River Outfitters or not, but do your homework. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of bad outfitters out there, but there's a lot of good ones. Mm-hmm. Just do your due diligence and, and make sure that you're going with a reputable outfitter, wherever yeah. you go, whatever state you're in, for whatever animal you want to kill. Yep. Uh, but I also want to say that when you start going on these outfitted hunts, go with uh, open mind and realistic expectations. Because one of the things that we get is a – a first-time hunter who has never been to an outfitter before, he's watched too many damn TV shows mm-hmm. where they go to this outfitter and they kill 150, 170, 200-inch deer day one is what it looks like on TV. So they come in and they just expect to kill a 170 day one. Well, when that doesn't happen, they start getting a little frustrated. I'm like, look, this is free-range hunting. you know. And what they don't know is that TV show may have actually hunted for 30 days straight yep. to kill that deer. Went back multiple times. Multiple times. So you have to condense that down into a 30-minute show that you probably only have, what, 22 minutes of actual... 22 minutes. Yeah, 22 minutes of actual airtime. So you make a 30-day hunt or even longer look like it happened in 22 minutes. There's no way of showing the work that actually went into killing that animal. And, And you may have killed it on day one, but... Odds are, it, you know, that didn't happen. It doesn't happen like yeah, that all the time. Yeah, it doesn't happen like that. Unless <laughs> you're lucky, unless you're lucky like me last year. <laughs> yeah, last year kind of spoiled me. I don't know if I could ever, ever top that. But uh, yeah, but yeah, just just have an open mind and and just be realistic about it. You know, okay. don't and don't go just to kill something. Go for the whole experience. Because if you don't go for the whole experience, you're missing out. Yep. You know, I'd if, agree with that 100. percent Yeah, it can't just all be about killing an animal we all if we go hunting we all want to kill something mm-hmm. but if that's all it's about then you're really in this for the wrong reason you don't need to be doing it yep good answer what's if anybody wanted to book with you how, how can they do that how can they get a hold of you uh you know social media outlets we're on all of those um saltriverhunts.com or you can go to wta uh, i believe we're the only wta certified outfitter in the state correct in kentucky or, in kentucky i think yeah. in that kentucky, kentucky right, for yeah. turkey yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. for turkey and deer I think I don't. I think there are some other. I think there's some other Kentucky deer hunts, but I don't know about for turkeys in Kentucky. I'm not sure, but yeah. Okay, so Worldwide Trophy Adventures, or even go to your website or social media outlets, get a hold of you. I I book a lot of hunts anymore off Facebook. People just message me. How far are you out right now for turkey hunts? Uh, Turkey hunts. You know, we, we have some openings for next year, but as far as the deer hunts, you know, the velvet hunt, we're usually got about a two year waiting list on it. Yeah. Gun hunts, you know, we don't really have a waiting list for gun hunts, but they book up about a year in advance. Really? Yeah. Okay. We'll start as soon as gun season's over. You know, we have uh, about a 60% rebook on gun hunters. Our archery hunters, though, are near 90% rebooked. Oof. So we don't have a lot of archery hunts available every year, but we do have, you know, a few gun hunts here and there. Yeah. And it, it really just goes back to that camaraderie and camp, yeah. Yeah. honestly. Yeah. When yep. these guys come here, they even if they shoot a deer or not, which they're probably going to shoot a pretty darn good deer, yeah, yeah. they come back because they want to hang out with the yeah. same guys they did. I can tell you, dude, my lips and my cheeks were so hurt the other night when we were telling <laughs> stories from guys I have never seen before in my life. Right. I was, I was, oh my gosh, the yeah. stories are endless. <laughs> it's crazy. It's funny to me, the reason why our gun hunters don't seem to rebook as many 
Yeah, we kill just as many deer as we do through archery, but what I have noticed is that a lot of gun hunters want to hunt a different state every year. Okay. Regardless of how good the place is, they're like, okay, I want to hunt Kentucky this year. Just want to knock them next, off. Yeah. Next year, I want to hunt Kansas. Next year, I want to hunt Missouri. Next year, I want to hunt Illinois, wherever. And it's like they are on a three to five year rotation with us. They come back every three to five years, mm-hmm. but they don't book every year because next, or they may even have an elk hunt planned or something yep. like that. But yep. archery hunters, what I have noticed is when they found when they find a good place to hunt, a good outfitter, boy, they 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 buy into it and they don't want to give that spot up because it's hard to find a good archery hunting yep. area. You give up one year or two, that could be That's like it. you said, it's you two year wait list. It might be, you know? and then you're Iowa. You're waiting four yeah. years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I've had I've had people that have hunted in the velvet hunt with me for three, four, five years, and then something come up and they couldn't book for two years. Well, then they call me like, hey, you know, I, I hunted this, I hunted that, so I want to come back for velvet. I'm I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, your spot's taken. Yeah. So once you lose out, I've had people actually buy a spot in the velvet hunt and not come. Oh, just, just to keep a, their spot. Just to hold their spot. Yeah. It's a good idea. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I think one thing that's underestimated about Kentucky is the – the the quality of eastern turkeys here yeah, they're big um they are big you can go yeah. to a lot of different places in the midwest and shoot an eastern but like here big yeah. turkeys and they're gonna gobble their heads off yeah. they're gonna come in strutting thunder and like that can be yeah. one heck of an experience we killed uh saturday and sunday we killed nine birds total we had two killed nine had two misses out of the nine killed all of them but one was over 23 pounds i believe they were 23 really? yeah our, the biggest was like 25 and a half, but they were all 23, 23 and a half, 24 pound birds. 25 pound birds, mm-hmm. a big bird. 23 yeah. pound birds, a big bird. You have no clue what two pounds of difference is on a turkey. A 23 pound versus a 25 pound bird, it doesn't even look like the same animal. And yeah. it, it just blows my mind. You know, you hear people all the time, oh, I killed a 30 pounder. Bullshit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, I know. Unless it was a farm bird, you, sh- you shot in somebody's chicken coop. You know, you didn't kill no 30 pounder. Roosting, that, on, roosting on the dog kennel. <laughs> yeah. Because I can, I can say without a doubt, I've been doing this for 14 years. I still remember the biggest turkey we ever had killed. And this is stupid. I mean, all, tur- all turkeys look the same, but this bird. Right. I mean, he was 28 and a half pounds. Biggest <laughs> bird we've ever weighed. And this bird... I mean, he. It looked like my damn German Shepherd I had at the time. Like it was a huge bird. Had inch and, was a little over inch and three quarter spurs. It was a real old bird, wow. but he was a big bird as well. And I mean, just yeah, we've killed a few twenty six, twenty seven pounders since then. But they they seem to average at twenty three, twenty five pounds. Still a great bird because mm-hmm. usually, I mean, we're killing a lot of birds up in Michigan that are nineteen, twenty pounds. Like yeah. usually, that's, and that's uh, big. That's a big that's a bird. bird. Yeah. yeah. But when you get 23, 25, I think my dad killed one one year that was like 26 or 27 right there. Yeah, and we're that's, like, that's an anomaly. You know you, what I mean? That's a big right? bird. And you have, I mean, it literally, until you, you put a 23-pound bird beside a 25 or 26-pound bird and see the difference, I mean, it blows your mind. Different animal. Yeah, it's just that three pounds on a bird makes such a big difference. Yeah. Well, cool. Do you think we missed anything? You guys have, Jack, you got any questions? No, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. I I, I think that's. One thing that's really cool about this area is, and I would, I think I was alluding to it with the the eastern bird and going to a bunch of different states to shoot an eastern, but like you can go to Missouri or you can go to Iowa or Illinois, but 
what is here in Kentucky that you can do once you've shot your bird makes it special, right? Mm-hmm. You go to the distilleries. I think there's even like Creation Museum in Cincinnati. Um, yeah, yeah. The Ark is the Ark yeah, there too. The so Ark, there's the some cool things Museum. to do. Yeah, there's there's lots of stuff to go see. Louisville Slugger Museum, you know, is an right, hour away. Right. So that there's there's tons of stuff to do for sure. That's cool. Well, George, thank you for coming on, man. That's greatly appreciated, Jack. Thanks yeah. for jumping in also. For sure. No yeah. no doubt. This is day five of our turkey season, I think. So it's, it's going to go from an outfitting business. We call it Salt River Sleep Center after about five days. <laughs> sleep, sleep Center sleep and then. You, you walk in there and it's just snoring everywhere. <laughs> no vacancy. <laughs> well, thank you guys very much. And uh, don't forget, we'll be right here next week on the Journey Within podcast. Thank you everyone out there for all the support and downloads. Don't forget, go leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. That always helps. Also, if you're looking to book the hunt of a lifetime, go visit WTA at WorldwideTrophyAdventures.com or give the team a call in the office at 1-800-755-8247.